Okay, everybody, welcome to Words in Season. This is a very special episode and I'm excited to introduce to you today, we have Brad and Anna Spangler with us. And Brad and Anna are a couple that I met before they were a couple when we went to Bible school. And we graduated almost 10 years ago and we have been in other countries together, we've ministered together, we prayed together, and we've had lots of fun, lots of laughs together. And I wanted to introduce them to you guys in this um, special missionary heart-to-heart episode. So Brad, can you kind of just tell us a little bit about how you heard about the Bible school that we went to? How, how did you end up in Bible school? And then Anna, and then how did you guys meet? Yeah, no, that's that's a, a good question. I have to think back. Yeah, you're right. So much has happened since then. Yeah, it's crazy. But I heard about uh, this Bible school through uh, actually a client of mine. I was working in the fitness industry as a personal trainer. And one of the people I was working with invited me to church. And the pastors of that church were actually graduates of this Bible school. So just through the course of time, they had mentioned about that Bible school. And initially, I thought, who am I? Like, I, I, I've never thought about going to Bible school. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't even know why they're bringing this, this up. But um, just I felt like in my heart that I should at least go check it out. So um, I went down to Tulsa for kind of like an open school weekend where you got to sit in class and kind of experience the, the teaching. And I was just blown away. I felt like I just, my heart resonated so quickly to the teaching. Uh, there were people my age uh, down there. For the first time I was around people my age who were just hungry for the things of God. And it was just such a blessing to be down there. So that kind of started the whole process of me uh, making my way down to Tulsa to go to Bible school. And that was about a year process uh, yeah. from hearing about it to actually making it down there for, for Bible school. And did you, I can't remember, do you grow up in a Christian house or was you got saved later on in life? Is that right? Did, but uh, so I grew up in a Lutheran church, uh, went to Sunday school, was confirmed uh, in eighth grade, I think it was, uh, but never really had my own personal relationship with God until about my mid twenties um, and just really had an encounter uh, with with God and the Holy Spirit. I, I say this, um, I believe that there were seeds planted uh, throughout the course of my life. And for me, I, I, you know, I had to get to a point in my life where we say we hit rock bottom, right? Um, that had to happen multiple times for me to actually get it through my head that, hey, the way I was living life wasn't uh, going in a good direction the way I wanted, wanted to. So I feel like in those times, I always turned back to God. I just mm. didn't have that relationship with God, uh, that ongoing relationship. So, um, so I did grow up in a Christian home, but it took some time for it to really become real to me. Yeah, like a personal relationship. Whereas yeah. I know Anna is the absolute opposite. You were like in church every time the doors were opened, kind of charismatic girl. Yeah, pretty close. I mean, <laughs> I, my dad graduated from the Bible school where he went back in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And I was born during when he started his first semester. Yeah. So... It was kind of a household name. <laughs> I remember when I met Anna, she was wearing a sparkly dress and a tan trench coat. And we were in one of the after school classes called prayer school. And it was just life changing. And I thought if you miss out on prayer school, I mean, you're missing half your life. Uh -huh. And so it's pretty small. So you get to know each other. And I saw this girl and I was like, who is that? And I was like, we're going to be friends. And she told me her outfit was from H and M. And I was like, yeah, we're going to be friends. <laughs> he is not from around here. He is not from here. So Anna, you had been in ministry before you came to Bible school. And can you tell us a little bit about that and how you decided to come and where you eventually met Brad? Yeah. Well, I've been doing three years for youth and student organization, a ministry in Sweden. Mm -hmm. 
and been in the UK with them for a year and been to Canada with them. And I was coming towards the end of that. And uh, for Christmas break, I went home to the US to visit my family who were living in Tulsa at the time. And my sister was attending Bible school. And so she asked me if I wanted to join her for a day or two. And it was actually while I was in, I just said during a break, sitting in the back, kind of waiting for the instructor to come in and start the class. And I just heard the Lord speak to me, like you're supposed to be here next fall. Hmm. And I fought it for a bit because I did not want to move back to the U.S. I really enjoyed Sweden and I was trying to convince God, give him different alternatives. It sounded really, really good. Yeah. Don't you know this is better, God? (laughs) Hello? I mean, at the end, I just had to submit and know that, you know, he had the better plan. Absolutely. I had to go with that. And so I ended up moving back to Tulsa, attending Bible school. And it was for the second time, too. I'd attended one in Sweden Mm. before that. So that was one of my reasonings with God why I shouldn't have to go again. But I'm really grateful that I did because I met this guy, Bradley, in uh, prayer school, actually. It it makes me feel good knowing that I was a part of that better plan. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, Anna, Anna had lots of plans. Imagine that. But God had a better plan. Yes, he did. So, Brad, you're from Missouri, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Anna, you're from Sweden slash Oklahoma. Did you live anywhere else besides that? Or did you always live in the Tulsa area? No, Tulsa area. Yeah. In yeah. And mm-hmm. So they had to come to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma to meet. So... In that after-school class, we had like different types of helpers. And at one point during the years that we were in school, um, Anna and Brad ended up being the leaders of different groups that worked together. And I think at first there was a little bit of a clash. And um, Anna had told me all through her, because I was uh, friends with Anna, you know, first, second and third years of our years at school and since she was from Sweden she always talked about the tall handsome European guy that she was gonna marry and all the things that he needed to have and number one on her list was never an American oh him oh he's an American oh what never an American and as time went by things begin to change. And I remember going on a walk with you, with Kiku, with a, a mutual friend, and us talking about, um, well, what about Brad? And so then you guys can tell us a little bit of the story of how that happened. Did, did Anna ask you out or did Brad ask you out? Or I don't know exactly how that happened. Yeah. Or you just worked together so much and you became friends and... Well, first of all, I have to say thank you for putting that bug in her ear. (laughs) (laughs) Worked in my favor well. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm very American and I'm not tall at all. (laughs) Complete opposite of what she had in mind. No, actually, it's a funny story uh, because I think it was first year. um, I I guess I I was in second year when you started first year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I actually had a nickname for for Anna, uh, and it, done. It, it was it was the Ice Queen. And there's a whole story behind that, but uh, but it, it wasn't this. Uh, it wasn't because I was ice cold and mean. Let's just say that at least no, to no, my you, defense. You weren't. You weren't. <laughs> but it wasn't this romance at first sight. And for yeah. me, um, like I said, very American at that point. I still wore my uh, phone on my hip, and that was something really, really That was a deal breaker for Anna. I mean, I remember talking to her about, but but his hair, but his clothes, but his phone. And we're like, Anna, you can change all that. Um, And you you look at Brad now, you'd never know that he's from a small town in Missouri. Um, It took a lot of of hard work. A lot of training. No. no, my dad wore a phone on the hip. That's why, that's what I thought. <laughs> I saw the phone on Brad's hip. 
That's so funny. You know, it's funny though, because I was on a mission trip, to a short-term mission trip to Nigeria. And actually the best man from our from our wedding, he was on the on the same trip. Mm-hmm. And on the way back, we were, we were walking through Amsterdam because we had, I think like a 12 hour layover. Mm-hmm. And as we were walking, I just remember telling him that, hey, I think the person I'm gonna marry is not gonna be American. Wow. Um, it's going to be somebody from from Europe. Now, granted, Anna's half American, half Europe, but she grew up most of her life in Sweden. Yeah. And so, when uh, Anna and I were working together in this um, after-school class, we were having to do a lot of projects together and spending a lot more time together. And this friend of mine kept saying, "Hey, what about Anna? What about Anna?" And I'd be like, "What, the Ice Queen?" <laughs> <laughs> But come to find out, like Anna and I really hit it off as friends. We made each other laugh. We enjoyed each other's company. So eventually, you know, uh, we we definitely took an interest in in one another. Yeah. You guys dated for like a year before you got engaged, or I can't even remember. Six months? Seven. I think he proposed on our seventh month anniversary. Yeah. And you've been married. Is this your fifth year? Our seventh. I love this. Seventh year in no, May. no, seventh anniversary, yeah. For seven years, that's yep. crazy. Oh my gosh, time <laughs> flies. So they yeah, have two precious little kids, and now they have been missionaries in Norway for seven years. No, five years. Is that right? Well, five yeah. Darius was born in May 2016 mm-hmm. in Norway. Jenny was born in April 2018 here in Norway. Yeah. Wow. So we actually uh, landed in the Oslo airport on our one-year wedding anniversary. So that's May 25th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, May 25th, 2015. This is, Andreas like, is born, this is all the Andre- test. <laughs> yeah. Andreas is born uh, the day before my son's, yeah. my son's birthday. But yeah, so we, we actually, one year after we got married to the day, we were walking in the Oslo airport. Yeah. yeah moving to Norway. So can you tell us, I know Anna, you always have, of course you're from Sweden, so you have always had a heart for Scandinavia. How did you guys end up in Norway? Like, was it something that was on your heart? Um, or is it something you just prayed about and you felt peace? Or how did that happen? Well, um, when I went to, to Rayma, there was a couple that went there the same year as I did, and they really had it on their heart to start a Bible school in Norway. Mm. And so they kind of asked me if I wanted to join the team and it just seemed right. Yeah. So yeah, from that, I went on a kind of a, I don't know if you call it a mission trip, kind of mission trip with them to Norway. We had, uh, where we met with other alumni that had gone to the same Bible school and just kind of getting together and getting the feel of the nation. And yeah. so that was before my third year at uh, where I went a missions program at the Bible school. Yeah. And just during that last year of Bible school, I just knew it was Norway. So I was able to do my internship through the missions program at in Norway and in uh, Germany, yeah. uh, working with the same Bible school. And so I just, yeah, that last year I knew Norway's where I was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And that kind of clashed a bit with uh, Brad's idea and where he felt led to go. Yeah, Maybe sure. yeah well, in, in my mind at that point, real missionaries went to <laughs> developing nations. Right. You know, um, right. I've been on different uh, mission trips on the continent of Africa. I've been to Haiti and different places in Asia. And so in my mind, that's, that's where I was going was you know, different, like I said, developing nations in Norway was never, ever on my radar. No, but the the funny thing was, like, seriously, that was kind of my my mindset. So um, when I knew she was leaving to go work in Norway, for for a little bit there, I I was kind of standoffish um, because even when we were dating, at one point, I was really struggling internally with, okay, well, what is God's plan for my life? Because I knew for a couple of years that I was called to the mission field, 
but God never really put a nation on my heart. It would always be the nations, you know, and he'd show me different scripture through the word and, and those ver types of verses. Like, uh, there was a verse from Jeremiah chapter one, where he talked about sending him as a prophet to the nations to, yeah. to tear down and to build up. And so those verses of scripture always stood out to me. So I knew I was called to the mission field, but I just didn't know where. And so there was one um, break that we had from school it was actually Thanksgiving break. And I decided to do like a short fast before Thanksgiving, not on Thanksgiving, <laughs> but before Thanksgiving for, for a few days and just really pray about about the future mm. and after the first day i just felt this enormous peace in my heart that really being with anna in norway before when i had thought about norway it was like i was just resisting it so much and part of me if i'm being honest was was pride yeah. because i thought that i was just following anna to norway if that makes right. sense Oh yeah, absolutely. So my ego, <laughs> oh, that, yeah. ego, that you know, ugly thing that all of us deal with at times, God really showed me through, through the, again, through the word um, and just prayer uh, by giving me peace that, Hey, this is a good thing, you know? And, and so um, I continued to fast for a couple of days because, because I felt like God told me, in that prayer time or spoke to my heart that I needed to continue to do that because this would be an anchor for my soul. Amen. So when things got tough, I could always go back to that moment of peace and joy. And it wasn't just a temporary thing, but it was for days just knowing, no, this is God's plan for my life. And that's something I recommend for anybody who's thinking about missions. You need to have an anchor for your soul that you know you're doing this for the right reasons that you b really believe it's god calling you to this place on the mission field and you're not being swayed by a person or other people's expectations because that's not going to keep you uh where you're supposed to be when things get tough so I'm glad that even when things get tough here now, when we deal with stuff, I can always go back to that moment that no, God told me this is, this is the last thing I really know. God spoke to me. Yeah. Uh, I know I'm in his will and his plan. So after that moment, uh, I just knew that Anna and I were going to get married and we were going to come to Norway. So I think it was six months later, we, I had proposed and a year after that, we moved to Norway. That's awesome. You know, I think that's a, so good what you said because so many people have a romantic idea of what missions is going to look like and it can be like oh we're going to the developing nations and we're gonna go and do all these things and that's fine I know both of you guys have done those things in those nations and I would tell people even more so of a challenge is going to a country like Norway where they need absolutely nothing there is no need of food. There is no need of finances. I mean, of course, there are people struggling individually, but Norway is one of the richest countries in the world. And how do you reach people that are spiritually bankrupt but have everything? And, you know, in, in the Philippines, it's easy to say, let me feed you, and it opens their hearts. And so can you maybe kind of tell us what ministry has looked like for you guys in a first world country, you know, it's the most expensive country in the world. I mean, not the most expensive, but I'm sure you've seen a lot of things that you find are the most expensive, like housing and food. You know, how did you, have you guys done it? Like, have you raised support or how do, how do you guys do it? It's <laughs> a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is, or maybe I'll start with, so what does ministry look like for you in Norway? What does that look like? Yeah, so let me just say this, because I, I resonate with what you were saying about the mm -hmm. Philippines. I've never been to the Philippines, but my first mission trip to Nigeria, I remember we, we were doing street evangelism. And we went out, and I remember praying for somebody uh, on the street. And then as soon as I got done praying for that 
that person, I looked up and there was like a group of people standing mm-hmm. around doing prayer. And we could have just stayed in that spot praying for people for yeah. as long as we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, now, fast forward to being here in Norway. And yeah, people do have a lot of material things. But like you said, that, that there are many people who are spiritually bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, depression and suicide rate is very, very high. I mean, we live on the west coast of Norway, in Ber- uh, outside of Bergen. I think it was the second year we were here, it rained over 300 days in wow. one year. And so you'll have different periods where the sun won't be out for weeks and weeks. Um, it can get in the wintertime, it gets dark very, very early sun comes up very late goes down really early there's a lot of natural things that happen that could just lead people down a place of feeling lonely yeah because we live in a pretty rural place and in scandinavian culture um it's more a cold climate culture and so people are a little bit more to themselves um so with ministry here i feel like it's definitely more relational that it takes longer to develop those relationships but once you do people are definitely open for it Mm -hmm. Uh, you know you have to believe in a christianity that that brings uh, uh love and power you know that you can really touch the hearts of people i mean we've seen miracles here just like i've seen it happen in africa the word's the same Amen. And people are really searching, you know, and you, you go into these conversations with people who start out saying, oh, I, I'm an atheist or mm-hmm. I believe in science. Uh, then you talk to them a little bit longer and it's like, well, this one time, you know, I got in a car accident. I should have died, but I'm still here. So I, I do kind of believe in angels and, oh, by the way. And, and, and so it's like peeling back uh, different layers of an onion. It just mm-hmm. takes a little bit more time yeah so so yeah but but we've been blessed to work with uh bible schools here so the Mm -hmm. bible school that we graduated from we have two we have an extension of that school we have two bible school campuses here one on the west coast one on the east coast Mm -hmm. Uh, we're on the pastoral team for our local church um and then maybe Anna can talk about just the financial part, how your second second part of your question, just how we've handled the finances. Yeah, like what does missions look like for you in that way? Because, you know, nowadays I feel like it's not like it used to be in the sense of it missions has to be in this box. But that's what I loved about our Bible school is that we went to we all graduated from the missions part of the bible school we went to and they would bring in missionaries and you saw over and over again that what a missionary looks like is a call of god that is as unique as the person so Anna, if you can kind of tell us about that financially yeah um brad and i actually from pretty much the start have been working on the side of doing ministry, like working in a secular job because ministry is definitely work in itself. But part of it's been because of me being a Swedish citizen that enabled Brad to come as a family member of, yes, like of a European citizen living in Norway. And that's required me to to hold a work contract while I've been here. Mm -hmm. So it's required me to work, but then Brad has also been working Mm -hmm. and we've had seasons where we've worked more and seasons where we worked a little bit less. I mean, we've had two kids born here, Mm -hmm. but yeah, partnership. We do have partners from the U S and even from within Norway. So we have, we have both. Yeah. Yeah, and you you can. I think that's so good that you said so many people, they have this idea of what it should look like, but it doesn't always have to look like this ideal picture that we have of missionaries. I mean, some people, when they think of a missionary, they think of a a poor person Mm -hmm. living in a hut, Mm -hmm. ministering somewhere out in the jungle, believing God for their next 
<laughs> meal. But that's not how it is at all. I mean, we believe that we've seen miracles again and again of God's faithfulness, of God's provision, that God's yeah. always come through. Amen. And I don't like there's been times like Paul said, I've been without and I've been with. You know, we've def we can definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is believing God that He is more than enough. And for us, sometimes it's been us believing, you know, for me to have work so where I can stay here. Yeah. And um, now we feel like we have an abundance of work and we're yeah. trying to be okay. Where can we cut down a bit? Because we don't want to lose focus sure. on the ministry part of it either. But just being open and following the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In that process, when it comes to finances, are you supposed to work or are you supposed to be solely, you know, supported through financial givers or can you do 50 50 or just find what works for you? And just because we're at a point right now where both of us are working, that's not where we believe we're going to end up. Yeah. We believe yeah. that that's the season for us, but then eventually we're both going to transition out of it we don't know exactly how it looks like because i have to have a you know work contract to be able to for both of us to stay here but we're believing god for wisdom when that time comes and yeah. just yeah the right steps to take and amen and again it's i just think keep going back to this idea this romantic idea that people have of missions not that we want to discourage people who are interested in missions by any means but I love that you you guys both work regular jobs because to me it shows and I want it to show all the listeners, you know, you see Brad and Anna's heart here because they do whatever it takes. That call of God that's in your heart, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter if you, you know, people think, you know, ministry is you just sit back and you get to the pulpit and that's it. That's not how that works. They work these jobs so that they can volunteer their time in church, in ministries, in Bible schools, with their children, ministering to their kids and making sure that they're raising godly, Jesus-loving children, you know. So I love that. So what is it like, um, speaking of kids, what is it like, you know, I love Anna in the sense of she, you're the first person that I had ever met that was like a third culture kid. You know, you're from, you're not really from the U.S. When you were in the U.S., it was like, gosh, you're so Swedish or you're so European. And then whenever you're in Norway and Sweden, they're like, oh, gosh, you're so American. So it's like you have this interesting thing. And Brad, your kids speak another language, but they're learning like two languages, you know, or three even. I don't know. Like, what is that like? What are the challenges of like just raising kids on the mission field? Yeah, so I have a pretty funny story, or at least I think it's funny. So <clears throat> there was one, maybe it was a couple years ago. So my son, he's four and a half now. He was probably two and a half then. And I'm out uh, changing our summer tires mm -hmm. and, and the winter tires on. In the process of doing that, my hands got pretty dirty. And my son comes up and says, what happened, Papa? What happened? He's like, oh, Papa's just changing the tires from the summer to the winter. He's like, hmm, he, he, he steps back, puts his hands on his hips and shakes his head. And he goes, they go itch you, bro, Papa. They go itch you, bro. <laughs> and what that means is that that's not good. That's not good. And I just had to look at him and just smile and think, you are so Norwegian. Yeah. <laughs> you're my son, but you're so Norwegian at the same time, which is not a bad thing, but it just made me think, okay, I really need to be intentional about him learning the culture that I came from as well because yeah. he does get the Norwegian culture at daycare uh, when we go to church his right. friends are Norwegian so he's definitely getting the the Norwegian aspect of it and then Anna speaks Swedish to him at the house um, obviously I speak English they don't want to learn Norwegian from me <laughs> um, but then I have thoughts of like okay you know here in a couple of years, he'll be going to school. Jolene will be going to school. And, you know, what do we do when uh, when they have homework? Because, you know, I understand um, 
Norwegian much better than I feel comfortable speaking. That's one thing I've probably not done the best job of is picking up the language mm -hmm. uh, as much as I could have or should have. I haven't applied myself there, but it makes me think, okay, in a couple of years, Andreas is bringing home homework in Norwegian. Am yeah. I going to be able to help him with his homework? Is it all going to fall on his mom? So those are the kind of things that, you know, you do have to kind of think about when you're on the, on the mission field, raising kids. Yeah. So. Like culture wise, like, what is it like, you know, what's something in the culture you live in now that has kind of shocked you? I mean, Anna, you might have been used to most of the things or is it something that like even with your kids is there anything that you think oh i know like for example in bible school they gave us this example of these two this couple that was a norwegian couple and they were shocked because they went to an american's house and they were in the u.s and they were playing Indians and cowboys and they had toy guns and they were sh pretending to shoot each other and the Norwegian couple was just appalled by it and for us for you know Americans that's just like regular play is cops and robbers and Indians and cowboys so have you guys run across anything like that or have you guys pretty much feel like everything's been kind of I think the first thing that stood out to me, but that was more a church culture thing that was uh, different, is how certain churches, especially if they're a little bit smaller, mm -hmm. they go on summer break. Oh, and yeah. I, That's something I'd never heard of either. I've never yeah. that before. Yeah. So that, that was a shock to me. The churches actually go on vacation, so to say. I mean, they basically just shut down for three, four weeks. Mm-hmm and start back up again about the time when people come back from vacation. And so that was probably the biggest shocker for me because yeah. Sweden and Norway aren't, they do have their differences, mm -hmm. but still with them both being Scandinavian nations are fairly similar compared to maybe Norway and the US right. or another nation, but that one really, that one really stood out to me. Yeah. I think if there's... That was, that was actually one I was going to say. Yeah. And in the beginning, I was kind of judgmental, like, oh, how could you take three or four weeks off church? But oh, yeah. to be fair here, a lot of people actually go to Christian conferences during that time. Camps and right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But to be honest, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest now, I, I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. at the point where it's like you're running so hard and so fast all the time. Yeah, uh, it's a chance not only for for the pastors to reset, but also the yeah. church. Yeah, you know, not you know, just because you're not going to the church building doesn't mean you cease to be the church. Yeah, and you can't fill yourself up in God's word. And like I said, a lot of people do go to these Christian conferences and camps, and you're able to mingle with people that you normally aren't seeing throughout the year, different denominations. It's kind of a beautiful thing. So for me as well, that was a that was a big shock in the beginning, but now I've man, I enjoy it. So, I enjoy uh, it. For my for those that aren't familiar with European culture, just so you know. What is it? Five weeks you guys get for vacation in the summertime? I mean, as I mean, that's what the whole world says about Americans that we're workaholics. Like, you know, that we work, 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 and we love it, and we show that this is us is work, and we're so proud of it. And I totally agree, Brad. Like, I can totally see how. And I've recently been kind of studying about the Sabbath, and it's important and it's biblical and. If you're burnt out and running on fumes, what's the point of ministry? What's the point of ministering to people if you're angry and you're resenting it? You know, but it really gets that time where you can rest, invest in your family. I mean, yeah, I think that's a, be a beautiful thing. So that's really cool. So um, I just had a couple questions that I wanted to ask Anna and Brad. And the first question I wanted to ask them is, so... Um, what would you guys tell yourself now that you know what would you tell yourselves before you move to norway 
what advice would you give to yourself? Yeah, we're actually talking about it a little bit earlier, but for me, I was just thinking that, you know, you have to make sure that when you go somewhere or before you go somewhere, the reason why you're going there. I mean, we kind of talked about a bit in the conversation earlier, but just, you have to make sure that you have that, like Brad was saying, anchor for your soul, a word from the Lord, because that's what's going to keep you there. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I came to Norway, I had certain expectations and they weren't really met as I thought or because I was expected, you know, OK, this is going to happen once I hit the ground running doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And things have not turned out how I thought they would. Mm-hmm. But I still believe that those things that the Lord's shown us, that the Lord has talked to us about, that that's still going to come about. Yeah. It may not happen in the time frame that I thought or that I first expected. So, but I knew that I was supposed to be here. So even yeah. though those expectations might have been, been a bit crushed in the beginning, mm-hmm. due to different circumstances, and just with ministry, things don't always go the way you hope they will from the beginning like you're dreaming you're excited you're looking forward to it mm-hmm. you get all hyped up and then once you start working it's like building a house how many times doesn't it doesn't a building project get delayed due to circum certain circumstances and you're dependent on other people to come in and do their part and so when you go before you go make sure that you know why you're going that it's the lord that's called you there because that's what's going to keep you there and it's good to have expectations because you have to set your faith out there but don't set a a time frame maybe on your expectations but know god is faithful what he's called you to do he's going to fulfill that he's going to help you run your race but just make sure you're running in the right pace and that you're just sensitive to the Holy Ghost and just, yeah, don't get disappointed if your expectations get crushed right away. (laughs) Sorry, that might be No, that's good. No, it's good. I think sometimes like why you're there. Yes. Keep you there. When we were, I think it was the first week of the mission school um our instructor pretty much said like hey this is not going to be a fluff class i'm not going to try and inspire you to missions I love otherwise it. we wouldn't be here yeah we're going to do our best to give it to you real that's right. yeah you know, that's how it is you know and but it, it is so rewarding when you know that you're here for a purpose you are created for a purpose to live on purpose yeah and when you have that vision you're going for it's not your job to figure out how everything's going to happen or how it's going to look yeah. it's going to look different mm. look at 2020 this year okay but sometimes that difference is a good thing mm-hmm. like this podcast for instance you know that happened this mm-hmm. year yeah totally awesome. you know so what seems to be um, a disruption could actually create this amazing opportunity in your life. And you just have to learn that, hey, if you don't stop, if you don't quit, eventually you're going to make it to where you want to go. And that's so important. Absolutely. That's what I was going to ask, too, is going to say, so, you know, you had these ideas of what you were going to do. So how did you keep going? But you answered that question, you know, you just don't quit. And I think something that also is really important that I've seen in your life that I haven't seen in a lot of, not a lot, but in some people that I've known that have gone into missions that has been a huge challenge for them is y'all stayed connected with a local church. Like, I don't even know how you survive, whether on the mission field or not on the mission field, if you're not connected. And I know this year has been such a kind of a different year, what that means. You know, some people are just online. Some people are just small groups, you know, whatever that looks like. But just having a heart to be pastored and finding someone that is pastoring you. And I feel like that is one of the keys of y'all's success is you have stayed plugged into a local church the entire time. You have people that 
you're accountable to, that you are pastored by, that are investing in you, that are older than you, that, you know, have had life experiences because I've had um, people that I've known that they've gone on the mission field, they're on fire, they love the Lord, and they get lonely, they get lost, they start going back to the world, they're doing missions, they have a heart for missions, and they go back to the world because they're not plugged into a local church. So I feel like that is one of the keys to, to the success that I've seen in your life. So, um, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. I, I could say with, with no hesitation, we would not still be on the mission field if it wasn't for the people around yeah. us. Support raising is not just about raising finances to be on the mission field. Support raising is about having an interconnectedness with people, yeah. people who are going to support you um, in in many different ways. You know, our church, our local church, is our family here. I yeah. mean, we our, our pastors they they took us in and made us feel like family. Mm -hmm. We're spending Christmas with our pastors yeah, because our family couldn't come. They couldn't fly from the U.S. Um, that kind of stuff's important to have some sense of a normal, quote unquote, normal life is to have those relationships uh, along the way because we, as human beings, we're created for community. And that's what the local church is. You know, we are fed the word of God. Uh, we can use our spiritual gifts within the local church, but it's even deeper than that you know it's that relationship that that jesus community um that's just you know a light to the world around us but also in our own life you know um even on on just a practical level i mean when it comes to finding babysitters when it comes to having our car worked on i mean i get picked up for for work every morning from from our friend from church um there's so many different things that happen on a daily and even weekly basis where we're impacted by by the local church and the people who are from our local church that like i said we couldn't do what we do without them absolutely so. and that is you know now that's like the modern what the community looks like you know it talks about in acts how they were in the temple daily they were breaking bread together daily they were praying together daily and you guys are having those opportunities to minister to people and then minister to you with these different opportunities allowing people into your life like that is so key not to get isolated especially i feel like in a place where you're at where it's the weather or it's how few people there are on the place you it's an island right technically it's you live on an island in the yeah, in norway i mean that sounds so remote and if you let yourself it's easy to get isolated and get into your own world and especially you brad i feel like it would be so easy for you to just be like none of these people relate to me i don't speak the language i don't understand the culture but allowing yourself to be vulnerable putting yourself out there speaking the language as best as you can i mean that's I mean, there's, a, there's a reason why when i'm at work you know it's it's one of the furthest it's one of the furthest furthest places on the island like yeah it's not the end of the world but you can see the end of the world from yeah right this, um <laughs> on on an island in norway you know but that's one of the reasons why i put on this podcast too is just that that encouragement that, that connecting you know with people who who we know and it's encouraging it, it inspires my faith and it, you know it's important it's important to have that so Aww. well thank you for listening you guys have been uh faithful listeners and supporters since the beginning so i i totally treasure that so um the other thing that i wanted to ask you and we kind of talked a little bit about it here being like community and talking about your local church but if there's any keys to your success ministry wise or personal wise or as parents that you wanted to share anything else we've talked about so many good things yeah i mean i think for a married couple just communicating mm -hmm. and being on the same page i mean we've noticed when Brad, when Brad and I, when we butted heads, things are tougher. It's not, you know, it's easy going. But when we pull together, 
mm-hmm. like-minded, same goals, same vision, working together. It's a night and day difference. Mm-hmm. And I think in the beginning, because it was, I mean, we were one year, we're newly married. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'd already lived in Norway for almost a year mm-hmm. before I moved back to the U.S., married Brad. Then we came back a year later. So I was more familiar and growing up in Sweden, I was more familiar with the Scandinavian culture. But for Brad, it was, you know, we were still kind of newlyweds, new language, new culture. New friends. Yeah. 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 Good thing was we started out when we came back as a married couple. After some months, we moved to a new place in Norway. So Mm. it was new to the both of us. Yeah. Which was good because that made us more dependent on each other. And we could, people, people got to know us as Brad and Anna. Right. Not as, you know. Oh, and there's Brad. Yeah. Yeah, husband. But no, (laughs) (laughs) it was, they got to know us as Brad and Anna. And we had to, we did it together. But we definitely had our times where we butted more heads than working together. So I would, but for us, as we've grown, grown in the Lord, it just learned how to communicate has really been a key and also just yeah dreaming together talking about mm. everything and you know praise god we've never had a day where both of us have been down yeah so we able to, at the same time at the same time because we've definitely had our down days or just like oh man can you believe that or yeah whether i haven't seen the sun for a month you know we haven't we haven't had that where we've been down on the same day. So we've been able to encourage each other. And that's the special thing. That's why I'm, I'm so grateful I got to come back married the second time we came to Norway. That yeah. you have that partner in life and ministry and just you know, working together as husband and wife and not seeing your spouse as the enemy, but that you actually it's a gift. They're a gift from God and God's called you together for a mission. And yeah, I mean, you go through different seasons, but you need to realize that, you know, your husband or your wife is going to be there with you and you need to work together with them, no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah. And this is something I would say to anybody going to the mission field, whether they're married or not, um when you get to the mission field make sure you continue to dream Hmm. make sure you continue to seek god for vision for your life because that's actually one of the reasons why we would butt butt heads so much sometimes uh is after we got here we kind of stopped stop dreaming about our, our our future because hey we arrived you know for so long after we got married it was just we getting just, there was the goal we just getting there like yeah. getting Norway you talk about it you you envision yourself living in, in in this country this foreign country and you go through this process you finally put your feet down on, on the ground and it's like man we've we've arrived we've made it yeah only, uh, only to come to find out, like, this is where it begins. You this know? is just the beginning. Oh, man. And, and you can get so busy doing ministry. Yeah. You can get so busy with the daily affairs of, of life of, you know, again, we're bivocational. So we go to work during the day. We do a lot of our ministry at night, late late meetings or whatever. And you get busy with that. You you forget to take time to, to stop and allow God to refresh that vision. So even if you're not married, that vision is what's going to drive you to keep on going. Because when you look towards your future, it's gonna help you prioritize your present. Mm. That's the thing that's gonna help you prioritize your days and keep you going, that's your why. Yeah. Because it's gonna be, we've said this before, it's gonna be tough, you know? But when you look at the Apostle Paul's life in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he talks about how he was shipwrecked, he was, he was beaten multiple times, whipped. He was stoned, left for dead. Um, but he said it's by the grace of God. Yeah. You know, the grace doesn't make things easy for you. It simply makes it possible. Amen. And, you know, when you talk to a lot of people nowadays, when things get tough or, 
maybe they lose their joy because they're not dreaming. They don't know what they're 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 working towards. You can hear people say things like, oh, I think the grace is lifted or mm-hmm. they go and look for other opportunities. But for us, it wasn't that we needed different opportunities or we needed to go somewhere else. We just needed to start dreaming together again. Yeah. And realize, hey, we're here now, but God has more for us. And so I, I would say that's a huge component to us, not only staying here on the mission field, but having so much satisfaction and purpose for what we're doing. That's what drives us is that ultimately that vision that, that God's given us. Yeah. So that would be my encouragement for, for anyone going to the mission field. Yeah. Keep dreaming. Allow God to refresh that vision constantly. Yeah. And just when it comes to the to being parents part, I think we've had to learn too. Like there is no perfect balance that you can get in your life, but you have to realize, you know, when you have ministry, ministry wants to call you all the time. But just because it's calling doesn't mean you always have to say yes. And just learning to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, when to say yes, when to say no, because you don't want to sacrifice your family or your kids. Absolutely. You know, where they think, oh, mom and dad, they're just so focused on ministry. They don't think about us. They don't see us. So we try to, it may not, in Norway's culture is Saturday night. It's a very almost holy night because it's family night. Oh. there's certain Saturday or Friday nights, certain parts, nor it might be Friday night, but certain nights I'm Saturday nights I'm working. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm off on the Saturday, well, that's our family night. Or maybe Sunday after church or before church becomes family day. Just knowing we do want to prioritize the family. And at the same time, we want to prioritize what God's called us to do and just finding the times that fit when to prioritize what yeah and um, for our kids they're both in daycare and so i've just tried to do especially this year just become more aware of being involved within the daycare like Mm. being in the parent council group and i've even had like the daycare once they came over to our house because it's not too far from where we live so the kids and my oldest in his group, they were able to walk here. Aww. And we did different activities for him here. And um, then they went back to daycare. And another time, a couple of weeks ago, we arranged like a Christmas workshop for them. At And we were able to host it at the church because, yeah, that was the only place we could be due to restrictions. Yeah. Having that connection with the daycare and then once they get school age i want to be involved we want to be involved in school so that yeah we know what's going on we know the kids we get to know the parents that the kids see us too i think that means a lot to them to see their parents involved to the Mm -hmm. degree and yeah absolutely yeah and god will give you creative ideas The, the kids yeah. like speaking English with me. I <laughs> so love that. I have that going for me. I mean, Brad speaking English with them. Oh, that's precious. That's really sweet. So, um, is there anything else you want to add at the end here? Just kind of wrapping it up. Anything that you have? Did you have anything? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the last thing I would say just about the, the bringing it back to the dreaming and the vision, mm-hmm. just believe it's possible. Uh, it's, it's not up to you to figure out how it's going to happen, but just by simply believing that it is possible that God yeah. has equipped you for that dream. You know, the Bible says that all things are possible for those who believe. Um, know that you're good enough that God chose you. Um, if he chose you, he's He's graced you for that vision. But also know he's going to bring the right people around you as well. That it's not all on your shoulders. That he's going to bring a great team of people around you. And for us, we couldn't be more happy with the team that we have, the people that we work with. When you say, you know, um, what are some keys to your ministry success? 
I would say the number one key is the people that God has brought to our team to work yeah. with us. We're just one part. We're just one piece of, of this puzzle. And the people that God places around you, those are going to be relationships that maybe they're not working directly with you, but they're there as part of your team to help support you and help strengthen you mm -hmm. as you're walking towards that vision. And so just, just know that God has a good plan for your life. With Him on your side, you cannot fail. Um, and He's got good things in store for you in 2021. Amen. That's so good. So I know that you guys do, do uh, you do support raising. So how can people support you? How can people find more information about you guys? Brent's kicking me. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we. I mean, uh, they can sign up for a newsletter. Either. Yeah, they can follow us on social media. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brad, Brad Spangler, Honest mm -hmm. Spangler on Facebook, uh, Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, Spangler0385, Anna, what's your handle? <laughs> She's like, I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, handle? <laughs> Isn't that like so the 2000s to say, what's your handle? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's um, people say that all the time. <laughs> they do, they do, Anna. Oh my, yeah. Sorry, to me, it just sounded almost like okay. a a pickup line. But anyhow, it's. <laughs> hey, we are still dating. I was so. gonna say, I think it's okay if he asks you that. Yeah. I, oh, now I got it. I think it's a. Is it a dot c dot spangler? It is. Yes, okay. on, on Instagram, on Instagram. Thank you, Kara, for finally jumping yes. in. Yes, um, AC Spangler. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll put, I want to put a link um, in the comments of this show and um, because they can also give through the missions organization, correct? For online and tax deductible giving. So definitely check that out. And I know it would be a blessing to them. What's so crazy is that, you know, in the time that I was in Norway, I lived cheaper. I paid less money in the most expensive country in the world than I did in the United States because God provide. And I know that you guys have that testimony too, is that it costs, but God has never let you go hungry. He's never left you without a home. He's never left you without finances to be able to dream and to be able to do the things that you want to do. So yeah, definitely I mean, want to. I wasn't surprised by the prices here when he sent us to Norway. No. Like, oh my goodness. I didn't know it was going to be that expensive. What's wrong with these Norwegians? Why is everything so expensive? Why is brown cheese so expensive? Yeah. This is one more, uh, one more tip. If you are going to go to a Scandinavian culture, specifically Norway or even Iceland, mm -hmm. um, go shop at Whole Foods for a year. <laughs> And ah, then, and then when you get to <laughs> Norway or Iceland, you won't be so shocked at the prices. You're like, oh great, yogurt is eight dollars. It's on sale. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's this small. So the last thing that I wanted to ask you guys before we leave today is, what can we pray for you guys in ministry? And then what's something that we can pray for Norway? What, as listeners, what can we pray for Scandinavia in general? Uh, on the ministry side, with the Bible schools, we want to uh, obviously, obviously expand more more campuses, um, do more intakes with students. So just praying for, for more students and wisdom as we move forward, uh, where to plant more Bible schools. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, with our church, we're believing God for more youth, just wisdom, how to reach the youth and yeah, just a breakthrough in that area with the youth and then for Norway I would say because we kind of discussed a bit in the podcast just how people here they feel like they have everything why do they need God so really it is that their eyes open up to the emptiness on the inside to the spiritual poverty and just you know that they see that they need a savior that yeah. what they accomplish in themselves isn't enough but they need Jesus 
Amen. So that's really for when it comes to Norway, just that people see their need for a savior. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time and coming on the podcast. And it's a blessing every time I get to talk to you guys and hear from you and get your newsletters. So I would definitely encourage you to find Anna and Brad Spangler on Instagram, also on Facebook. And I will put the link in the comments of how you can find out more about them and how you could support them. And um, just before we leave, I just want to pray for them and bless them in the name of Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Anna and Brad's life. I thank you for their ministry. I thank you for their heart that they have for your people. We thank you that as this podcast goes out, that people would have a heart to support them, a heart to pray for them. And God, we lift up Norway to you and we say that there is breakthrough in that nation, that they that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God, we thank you for these open doors in Europe. We thank you the churches are open, these Bible schools are open, and you are bringing the right students at the right time. And we believe that you are doing it and that there's nothing impossible for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. And um, can't wait until the next time we get to talk. So blessings to you. It's been our pleasure. It's been our pleasure. Thank you for having us. We love you, Karen.